You're listening to the Ready to Go podcast, where we equip Christians to engage culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, it's great to have you with us again on the Ready to Go podcast. I'm your host, John Christensen. This week, I am joined by special guest, Jeff Framke. Jeff is one of the most committed evangelists that I know. He runs our Friday Go teams here at Grace Church, which is our street evangelism teams that we have every Friday. And he often heads out on his own as well, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with those who don't know him. So, Jeff, it's great to have you with us calling in. Hey, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Well, Jeff... With you with us, one of the things we wanted to do was kick off a segment with uh, R2G called Tough Questions, where we want to look at kind of specific objections to the faith as witnesses of Christ. You know, we encounter a variety of worldviews, and we want to look at how do we answer these questions when they come up. And Jeff, I know you've had a ton of experience just going out and sharing, and you share all the time with people. And so, Jeff, in this episode, one of the, the questions we wanted to ask, just kicking off this kind of tough question series, is how do we answer those who don't believe in the validity of the Bible? Obviously, we can't just start with Scripture or even the majority of the gospel tracts that we often have. So so where, where do you start, Jeff, when you encounter this perspective? Yeah, unfortunately, that's probably the majority of the world right there. <laughs> I don't believe the Bible. Um, you know, when we're out, John... Um, sharing on a Friday night or whenever, um, I, I do come across this, and it's mostly people that, um, that proclaim to be spiritual, okay? And, you know, I like to ask questions on people, and this is, you know, kind of how um, I think is, is always a good approach is, is getting clarification on what they believe. So when someone says they're spiritual, I'll say, you know, what does that mean to you? Because it's, it's a different definition for different people. And, you know, oftentimes the person will look at me and say, hmm, you know, no one's ever asked me that question before. And I think of myself and, you know, in my journey, I was a spiritual guy. And uh, if someone would ask me that question, I would have been like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, higher power or something. So, you know, oftentimes people really haven't thought it through. And so when they're forced to do so, I think the walls of defense come down a little bit when they're forced to, you know, uh, answer a question like that. And so they may say, well, I believe in, you know, a higher power. And I'll say, great. You know, the big questions of life then, like how I got here, what's the purpose of my life? What happens when I die? Those are like the three pivotal life questions uh, that you can ask somebody. Does your entity uh, this higher power that you believe in, you know, how, what's, what's it say about those tough questions? And, you know, oftentimes, John, I mean, they'll, they won't have an answer. So again, this is a good thing because they haven't really thought it through and now they're forced to actually come up with an answer. Um, and it may be, I don't know. So at that point, it's just like, you know, how do you, how do you even know that your entity is, is, is real? Like, you know, if you can't communicate with this entity, or you, you know, you can pray to this entity, but you're not getting answers back. How do you even know this entity is real? And from there, I would say, if there's a God, and if this God created all things, wouldn't it make sense that this God would um, address those um, answers to those questions? Oftentimes, the person will say, "Well, yeah, if," and I'll say, "Well, let me let me just run you by a scenario." of using the God of the Bible. 
to answer these questions. And if you can come that far with me, I will prove to you that the Bible is the Word of God by showing you uh, what's called prophecies, which are the, 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 um, the tellings of future events to come. So if you can come that far with me, you know, I will use the Bible to prove it's the Word of God. So that's, that's what I would do, John. How do you address Jeff when you meet like a Hindu or a Muslim or someone who maybe wouldn't classify themselves as spiritual, but definitely wouldn't believe that the Bible is true, would believe that the Quran is true or the, the Vedas are, are, the, yeah. are the true scripture? How do, how do you kind of address those? Well, uh, a Muslim is, uh, you know, this is this is an apologetic actually that you can you can do with them because I'll say, okay, well, um, you believe you don't believe the Bible, you believe because it's been corrupted. When did this corruption happen? I'll pose that question. Was it before the Quran was written, or was it after the Quran was written? Because it matters. If it was before the Quran was written, that means that the Quran is corrupted because the Quran instructs readers to talk and go to the people of the book. The people of the book are the people that believe in the Bible. So in that case, um, you know, the Jews. So go so the Quran is, is telling it in many places to go talk with those people. So if the, if the Bible is corrupted at that point, that means, you know, the Quran um, is not from God because it should have known that the Bible was corrupted. So it's kind of like an apologetic a little bit. And now if, if you say the Bible was corrupted after the, the Quran was written, well, now you've got a big problem because we have so many, you know, um, first century copies of like the New Testament and the Dead Sea Scrolls attest to the accuracy, you know, of the Old Testament. So now you've got, you know, an even bigger problem with that. So by corruption, you know, I'll, I'll walk them through that apologetic because for the most part, they've just been told this. They've been taught it, um, but they've never, you know, no one's ever challenged them on it to, you know, think it through. That's great. I actually, I don't think I've heard that before, Jeff. That's that's an awesome way to to bring them through that is, yeah, when did the corruption happen? I'd, I've never used that one. Would you also... Well, yeah. another one... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, another one could be just, you know, what do you mean by corruption? Well, well, there's so many, you know, versions of the Bible. And it's like, well, that's true, but there are versions of the Quran as well. The Quran was written in Arabic. I don't read or speak Arabic, so it had to be translated so that I could understand it. It's the same way with the Bible, you know? I mean, the New Testament written in Greek and Aramaic and... Um, I don't read those, so it had to be translated. So, you know, it's um, you can talk about just you know the, the translations and, and, and what that means. Sure. Can you also give? You mentioned uh, uh, the prophecy evidence. What are some of the, the key prophecies that you like to take people to, Jeff? Just, just you know, if there are, if there are three or four just kind of big ones that, you know, the listeners should, should maybe try and commit to memory or have an awareness of? Yeah, good question. Um, uh, I'll ask the person, I'll say, do you know anything about Jesus? Like, I mean, even if you don't believe in him, you know, this is a Christian nation, so you may have sung songs or <laughs> done something. Do you know, like, uh, where Jesus was born? And they may say, 
Bethlehem. And I'll say, that's right. Now look at this scripture here. This is, this is the prophet Micah, um, chapter 5, verse 2, which says that the coming Messiah would be born in Bethlehem Ephrath. So there's, there's a specific, it's like saying East and West Bloomington. The Bible says Bethlehem Ephrath because there are two Bethlehems mentioned. One is north of the Sea of Galilee, and then the other one is, is Bethlehem Ephrath. And so the Bible is very, very specific that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem Ephrath, which was verified um, by the um, uh, New Testament. So that's one. Um, I would go to, you know, hey, what's unique about Jesus' birth? You know, uh, well, he was born of a virgin. They may or may not get that one. But I'll show them uh, Isaiah 7, uh, 14. Where God says, I will show them a sign. You know, the virgin will be, will, um, I can't recall the word, but, you know, will be impregnated or, you know, um, will give birth. Um, so that's one. Um, and then, uh, you know, what's, what's, you know, did Jesus have a great life when he was here? Well, no, he suffered and died. And let's look at Isaiah 53. Uh, that talks about the suffering uh, Messiah servant of God. So those are, those are three real go-tos that are very specific. And, you know, people will probably relate to those because they've heard it. Yeah, that's great. And that's the one advantage of living in a nation with at least a little bit of a Christian background. That Christian background is definitely diminishing, yeah. but you can kind of relate, relate some of those things. And so I, I love those questions of, of you know, if, if they don't believe in the validity of the Bible, then how, how do you answer those? How, do you, how did we get here? What's, what's the purpose of life and what happens after death? And I, I think those are three great questions that really are, are thought-provoking for people. Have you, have you seen those three be, be pretty effective when you're, when you're sharing, Jeff? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, um, these spiritual people, when they understand, wow, I don't have answers to these. I mean, obviously the spirit would be working, hopefully at this point. They're open. I mean, they will stay uh, and, and you know, uh, they will hear the gospel. Oftentimes spiritual people, you know, when you just talk to them and let them talk and ask them questions, you know, those defenses come down. And like I said, if, if you know, if God is working and the spirit's working, they'll hear it. Yeah. Amen. And so we really want to encourage you with these tough questions is to commit to kind of how would you answer these questions? And so for someone who doesn't believe in the validity of the Bible, we really encourage you to know the, the three questions that were mentioned of, of how did you get here? What's what's our purpose? And what happens after you die? Just being able to really engage people with those questions saying, well, where, where do you find answers for these if, if it's not in the Bible, and then knowing how to defend your uh, your uh, belief in the Bible with with the prophecy evidence, and then as Jeff alluded to as well, uh, when he was talking to a Muslim about the manuscript evidence that we have, we we have manuscripts from the early centuries, and so we know that this is the the accurate the accurate word of God, what the apostles actually wrote down, and so being able to articulate some of those things, what we really encourage you to do is to 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 memorize it, to role play it to teach it, and to live it. The memorizing is of just knowing what generally what you would say, role play it as having a spouse or friend, pretend to be that spiritual person who doesn't believe in the, in the Bible, but they're, but they're open to it. And then teaching it, 
we really encourage you guys as you learn and grow in sharing your faith to, to pass it on, not only for the sake of that other person, but also for the sake of yourself. There's different statistics out there, something to the effect of that you remember like 5% of what you hear and you remember like 30% of what you watch, but then you remember like 95% of what you teach. And so if you want to solidify this in your own heart is, is to pass it on. And then obviously we uh, encourage you to live it out. And whether that's uh, here at Grace coming out on a Friday, go team with us on Fridays or uh, heading out on your own with a, with a prayer partner out, out sharing or, or wherever it may be that God opens those doors. Well, next week, we're going to be talking again with Jeff, and we're going to be addressing the idea that all religions are the same. How do we point people to Christ who believe that? You won't want to miss it. So we'll be here next week, and until then, keep sharing Jesus. Let's go.